Welcome to Digineer Presents, Digineer Commitment-Based Management. Digineer is a Minneapolis-based management consulting firm specializing in delivering high-value work for clients and revolutionizing communication and delivery frameworks for everyone involved with us. In today's episode, Gus and Joe discuss the three core principles for assessing and granting trust alongside some examples of how things go well and not so well when trust is in play for tasks or projects. And here's our hosts, Gus and Joe. Welcome to episode two of our CBM Interaction Principles. I'm Joe. I'm Gus Broman, and I'm excited to talk about commitment-based management. So today we're going to talk about grant trust, and, and what does that mean? And what where have we seen this, and, and what has it done for us? Gus, when you've arrived at a project, at a new client, for instance, what does it feel like, and how well do you perform if you really have to prove yourself and um, go outside of uh, a functional performance in order to earn trust. Does, does that work well for you? Well, yeah, basically what you're saying is, how long does it take for someone to trust me at a new client? And there's many times that my goal is to become a trusted advisor, but I have to prove myself over and over and over again. And it's always a guess to say, hey, if... If Lars is my new client, does he need me to commit and do things three times? Or if Sven is my new client, does he need it eight times? It's always a guess, actually. And it's always hard because I'm never quite sure when I've been granted that trust. And actually, Joe, it always slows me down because they're always checking in on me going, hey, can you get that status report to me? And it's like, I've never missed the status report. Of course, I'll get that to you. So, yeah. That, I mean, looking back at relationships, personally and professionally, everything is based on trust, right? I mean, if, if my kid lies to me, what when can I trust him? When we talk about granting trust, assess whether or not somebody is acting in a way where we can continue to grant trust. Let, let me just say up front that we grant trust from the beginning, no preconceived notions. We give that to somebody when they land in the, on the team. But in order to be able to assess whether or not we can continue to grant trust, we're always looking at three things. Reliability, competency, and sincerity. Rarely in the business world do we find people who are insincere, meaning they outright lie, right? Exactly, I exactly. Mean, insincerity, that, that... it's like, thankfully people aren't. But the definition isn't limited to just not telling lies, but it also implies full disclosure about the commitment, you know, are, can you make your deadlines, that type of thing. So that's how I view sincerity. Anything else that I missed on sincerity, Joe? No, no. Um, sincerity is a pretty easy one to, well, I mean, it's a difficult one to mitigate because it could in indicate a character flaw and we don't want to, you know, we, we can't really correct that. But um, with competency and reliability, there are some good ways and some good, you know, mitigation strategies. Competency, for instance, how about some training, right? It could be a matter of attending a class and, and uh, getting up to speed on a skill. That uh, That's one approach. Um, reliability, where somebody might be, you know, occasionally late, or, or this individual that you spoke of earlier who did not have the 
the deck ready, I think is the way you, you put it. You know, that's kind of a reliability issue if it continues, right? And that could be some feedback and coaching that needs to occur. And hopefully, feedback and coaching will be enough to be able to bring somebody around to have that ready the next time. So, you know, those mitigation strategies are, 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 are a big part of this. Um, have you ever been in a situation where you've had to use one of those to in, help alleviate uh, competency or reliability? Trust me on that, at that new client, when he didn't have his deck ready and we're walking into the C-level meeting, guess what we did the next week? We had a rehearsal for the meeting. So what it does, and, and that's why commitment-based management is so much more efficient. If I can grant trust and I know that I'm with Josie and I've granted him trust before and he's never let me down, he's reliable, and he walks in every meeting prepared, I don't have to have a dress rehearsal. With this new guy, every meeting after that, we had a dress rehearsal because he wasn't reliable, and truthfully, his competency wasn't there, and so I needed to kind of go through the deck. And so it really doubled up my meeting time and made me less effective in my job. Does that make sense? Yeah. Can you be more specific as to in what way he didn't have the level of competency? Because I think that's important for people that are, that are trying to assess competency. So what we're going to do is we're walking into the chief uh, customer officer and we're walking through looking at the data of the buying behavior of certain customers. And instead of having a deck ready with the charts and the graphs to say, here's the data and here's how we interpret the data and here's our hypothesis, he had just raw data in Excel. So just having raw data in Excel is data. It's not information. So instead of walking through the presentation, we had to actually walk through and explain, here's the data, here's what we think it means, and it just wasn't crisp. So then after that, you know, those meetings were always Friday at 10 a.m. Then after that, we had Thursday meetings at 10 a.m. So we'd have a full business day in order to work through and sharpen that up, right? Right. So one of the things that we talk about is if competency and reliability and sincerity become a reoccurring problem, we no longer can grant trust the way that we've defined it. We have to use a different level of, of management. It's more task level management. And, and that's a bit more like the old micromanagement method that uh, nobody really wants, but uh, we don't want to call it that, but it's it's more of a, t a task level management. Well, it's what I was saying, right? Doing a dress rehearsal, making sure, going through, and if it's like second grade English class, it's going through with the red pen and making changes where if I grant trust and there is that competency and reliability, I know his work is good, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So... It also, I mean, what's amazing and what I appreciate about CBM is it's just putting terms to what we actually live out in normal everyday life. As a father of three boys, we talk about trust all the time. You know, if they ever lie to me, like, what good is their word? How will I know if they're telling the truth or when they're lying to me? And so I always said that it takes a lifetime to build trust and it takes a second to lose it. 
So the second that I lose their trust, I'll always have that moment of doubt going, are they lying to me? Are they lying to me? And that's why I appreciate the, the this uh, interaction principle of granting trust. We're all adults. We all want to do the right thing at work. So I'll just grant and and know that you, you're trustworthy and we'll go from there. Instead of saying, prove to me over the next year that you're trustworthy, right? We don't have that kind of time on projects. And, and that sort of proof period adds friction, which makes us less effective as a team. And that's one of the, you know, one, one of the basic tenets of what we're trying to do with commitment-based management is remove that from... Right, I like how you said that, removes friction, right? Yeah. It, it removes friction and it also speeds up the process and makes us more effective. Most clients don't always grant us trust right away. We have to earn it. What is, yeah. what is the average duration, you think, Josie, that it takes to earn a client's trust? Ooh, that's a tough one. There's so many things that come into play. Corporate culture, personality. <laughs> past experiences from the client. Past experiences, their experiences. Everybody has their own history, right? Their own experiences with others. And uh, many of them not positive. <laughs> so that's a great question. And, and my guess would be, if I were just to throw it out there, a good couple of weeks of landing at a client and, you know, putting away your parachute and, and uh, looking around and, and, and seeing where you've landed and trying to figure out where to move next. You have a couple of weeks of, of uh, trying to earn that trust. And it's a different situation the way that we work internally at Digineer and the way that we accept others that we've hired to, to come in to be on our team. We don't put them through that. And I think that makes them much more effective because they don't have to go through the exercise of, wow, I'm going to have to prove myself. They're going to be there to perform and they will prove themselves. They don't have to make it a point to prove themselves. They just have to be effective and perform well. And, um, and we trust them to do so. Because on the flip side, have you ever worked with a client that actually doesn't really want to trust you? Like, you know that they've had some relational baggage or situation or they're threatened by you and they for sure don't want to grant you trust. That's that's hard, you know, because it takes it takes weeks and then it turns into months where they they feel like you're trying to take their job and you're like, I don't want to take your job. I'm, I'm just here for a specific task. And then uh, and there's times there's sometimes candidly i've had clients where they never granted me trust i had to prove myself prove myself prove myself prove myself and that was the way it was just because it wasn't necessarily that i wasn't performing it was their history and then you know and so it's a uh, you know it, these relationships are always a two-way street that's a very negative experience to be at a client where you have to prove yourself continually and, and, and when I say that, I don't mean not perform, okay? Because we try to perform. We try to be as, as effective as we possibly can be as consultants. But it's different when a client almost wants you to fail. And they do so because they don't, they don't trust you. And they're waiting for you to fall down. And so that is a totally different story. 
and it makes things very ineffective. It makes things so hard to, to operate smoothly. Actually, that client, he wanted to spend an hour every week going through the work that I was going to perform that week. And then at the end of the week, he wanted to review the work that I had done that week. And then, and so by nature of that, we had an hour and a half meeting at the beginning of the week, hour and a half at the end of the week, just to say what work we were going to do. And it was just so task-based managed. And of course, you know, if that's what he needs, that's what I'm going to do. But it was interesting. I completed all my work and I, I actually had ended up working at the same organization for a different client for quite a bit longer. And that person ended up getting removed from his position because he wasn't effective. And I was like, yeah, there's, there's kind of a trust issue there. So, And trust is an interesting principle also in when dealing with, um, uh, for example, immediate family, kids, stepkids, blended family. It's an interesting approach when dealing with teenagers because... Teenagers expect you not to trust them, and they expect you to ride them in order for things to happen. And when you start out and ask from them with something to the effect of, I trust you to do this, I'm not going to monitor you, I'm not going to check anything, and when you're done and you feel like you've successfully completed whatever it is that I've asked you to do, come get me and we'll look it over. I, again, I'm not going to uh, follow your every step to make sure that you're getting it done. And it's amazing how effective that sort of approach becomes with teenagers. They, they, tend, to, uh, they tend to perform a lot more <laughs> efficiently. Well, not only uh, that, but they, they say they want to be treated like an adult. You treat them like an adult and you're like, hey, they actually stepped up like an adult. But you have a very specific example of how you worked with your teenager shoveling snow. What what was that? I love this. No, <laughs> it wasn't shoveling snow. It was removing baby trees. And, and not just baby trees, more like three-year-old trees from the berm of a yard that had too much slope to be able to mow. So you ended up having to do a lot of weeding and, and, um, and sometimes the trees would get a, away from you and they would grow to the point of like six feet high. And uh, so one weekend we decided we were gonna we were gonna ask uh, one of ours to go and uh, remove some trees. And Friday afternoon I, I approached it in this way. I said, "Hey, I've got I've got a task for you. I will pay you, um, and I'm gonna grant you trust uh, so that uh, I'm not going to you know um, follow what you're doing. I'm not gonna ask you how you're doing." And, and I'm not going to assess anything until you come and get me on Sunday afternoon when you're done. And uh, and so I told him exactly what had to happen. I, I told him, you have to remove this tree, this tree, this tree. You have to dig out the root ball, which is a big deal, right? And and he, he listened and he was, you know, he was interested in what he was doing. I showed him where the tools were and he was pretty excited about that. But... Saturday morning, I'm laying in bed, and, and I could hear out in the backyard, I hear the garage door open, and I hear a, a bunch of tools getting thrown out onto the backyard. And I just let him go, and, and off he went, and, and he spent the entire... How happy time. was your heart? Wasn't that great? <laughs> it was really good. Um, and off he went, and, and, and sure enough, he was he was digging hard, and, and, uh, and I didn't go out there to assess what was happening, and 
I just snuck out on my front porch to take a picture because I wanted something for a presentation where I was going to use this as a use case for granting trust. And he didn't see me take that picture, but I still have it and I still use it in the uh, in a presentation. And so Sunday rolls around, the same thing in the morning. He gets out there and he's got the tools and he's banging around in the backyard and he takes them out into the into the berm area. And he's out there a, a good couple of hours. And then finally at about four o'clock, he comes and he gets me and he says, I'm done. And I went out there and sure enough, he did exactly what he needed to do. The only thing that he didn't do, which is something that I didn't ask him to do, was to bundle up the trees that he had laid on uh, between the sidewalk and the street. So we, we had that minor thing right there. But uh, outside of that, it was fantastic. It was not the case of um, somebody yelling up the stairs and saying, Hey, have you started yet? And he, yelling back, No, I haven't. <laughs> I'm on yeah, yeah, the video yeah. game, whatever it is. There was none of that. It, it it just went naturally. It flowed naturally. He was very effective. It was a a relationship builder versus the the sort of antagonistic uh, badgering, uh, doing badgering. this, do yes. this, do that. Right, exactly. exactly. So it went very well. That and, is awesome. Well, and so back to the granting trust. So say if you you said you're going to pay him. You did all that work and you didn't. Right, because then the performer is the one who no longer trusts the customer, right? Which, which in, in a sense, I was the customer, he was the performer. Right. Typically, the customer grants trust in the performer. Right. Uh, in, in this case, it would have been a situation where it would have been the reverse loss of trust right. on the part of the performer to the customer. And, and I'm not sure how you mitigate that one because... Right. You know, it's it's it, it it becomes a problem of sincerity because if I would have said I'm going to pay you for this and then I hadn't, then right. it's a sincerity problem, which is a character flaw, which is not correctable. We don't have a mitigation strategy for it. But the yeah. point being, the point being is that all relationships are built on trust, and if you don't have the trust, you don't have a relationship. I would agree with that. Absolutely, teenagers are funny. They. They have different motivations, and, and uh, I, I always joke that, that, that they kill you slowly. It, it doesn't always work. You know, you, you, you're, you approach a situation where I'm going to grant you trust, and I want you to do this, this, and that, and then they've already figured you out, and they've decided, you know, we did this already, and it worked really well. Right now, I have different ideas about what my day is going to consist of. Right. right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. then you're, you're, you're identifying a problem with reliability, right? There's... You're realizing, oh, okay, well, you're no longer reliable, so I have to mitigate this by going to task-based management, and it's not going to be as, as uh, beneficial as it was when I granted you trust. Well, and, and kind of back to your three components of uh, granting trust, you know, with the uh, competency, you know, if they're incompetent, if, if you said, hey, Gus, get me that report... And I have to use Excel and I'm trying to do the data lookup tables. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. You can train me on that and then I'll become trustworthy. If it's reliability, it's like, oh, I asked you to fill out your timesheet every Friday by four o'clock. You're not doing that. Okay, Gus, here's the deal. You need to do that. We bill off of that. Get your timesheet in. You can coach me through that. And then to your point, if there's a lack of sincerity where someone doesn't really give a rip, like I don't care or I'm going to outright lie, like if someone is insincere, like you can't coach out of that. You can't 
provide feedback and you can't train on that. It's, it's just a bad apple, you know, and, and that's an assessment that needs to happen as well, right? Yeah, that, that's a tough assessment to make. Although people tend to figure out when people aren't truthful, insincere, and it's, it's a hard one to address. And and, um, and when I said it's a character flaw, yeah, well, it, it's, it's not a behavior that we want to see in the business world, certainly. We don't want to see it in our families. We know it occurs, right? Especially with kids. It's, uh, it's, it's a tough one to address, and, and uh, hopefully we don't have to address it that much. So here's a question for you, Josie. So if we are, because we, we had several examples where we couldn't grant trust or we did grant trust and it didn't happen, then we also had a couple examples where we are granted trust and good things happened. So let's pretend you're building a PowerPoint right now. What are the benefits of being able to grant trust? So you and I, I always grant you trust, you always grant me trust, we have a great relationship. What are the benefits that come from that in the marketplace doing project work? Well, I mean, because our working relationship works, goes so much better if we've done that, if we've granted each other trust, we're, we're flying along and, and we're doing great stuff. If, if we haven't done that, we're producing um, things that'll slow us down. And it, it's things that get in our heads. It's that self-doubt. What does he think of this? What do I think? You know, what do I think of his work? Um, I'm not sure I like this. You know, um, I think it's all around the effectiveness of, of the work and the relationship um, that is, is enhanced and becomes much more uh, uh, efficient if we've granted each, each other trust. And, and I guess real specifically the benefits, when you say efficient, I think we move faster, right? Because I don't have to meet with you to go, okay, I got to make sure he got his crap together. And fewer also, meetings. Like, <laughs> right, fewer meetings. That's And that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. You don't have to do the, let's have a working session, let's have a rehearsal session, let's have a practice session, and then let's have the real session. It's like... I, we can cut out five hours if we just trust each other. Uh, and then and then to that end, if I know that you're competent in this area and I can grant trust, if you go, hey, Gus, you're the guy who actually builds the slides better. Here's what I want to say. Then you begin to understand, okay, what are Gus's strengths? What are Josie's strengths? What are Joe's weaknesses? And then you can actually help each other out more. And then when you go, when I tell you to say, hey, actually, I'm a little embarrassed about this, but I actually can't do that in Excel. Because I trust you, I can disclose to you that I'm, I have less competency in Excel than someone else my age. And, and, then, it, and then it runs better. And then, and then you can actually show me and coach me. And then I actually learn more because I, I know you're not going to take that information and tell someone or hold hold it against me, that type of thing. You, you, you're talking about a different principle, and, and you're talking about uh, being being authentic, okay? So we'll talk about authenticity in, uh, in, our, in one of our next uh, podcasts. But yeah, that's a great point. We really have to be able to, you know, speak the truth and, and, uh, and feel comfortable doing so. Um, 
while still having a professional filter. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll be talking about authenticity next time. This is Joe. And uh, make sure to follow Digineer on Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. Now, this has been awesome talking about granting trust. And thanks for listening to Digineer Presents Commitment-Based Management. Tune in next time for episode three when we talk about authenticity. Thanks for listening to Digineer Presents, brought to you by Digineer. Please be sure to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, and look for Digineer and all those social media platforms. We look forward to hearing from you.